Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Dad, last week we kicked off uh, part one, Letters from Prison. And we discovered the problem the church in Colossae had. And we solved it through reading what Paul wrote to them. And so this week, we are going to explore the letter that he wrote to Philemon. And so it is thought by scholars that this letter was accompanied with the letter to Colossae, meaning he wrote them at the same time and he sent them at the same time. And so last week, we learned an important phrase that we're going to repeat every week. And it's okay if you weren't here because we're going to have it on the screen and we're going to say it together. And it's really just um, something that we're like declaring and reminding ourselves as we read this letter. So we're going to say it together. Um, It's that Paul wrote from a place and for a purpose. So that was just me. So we're going to say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Paul wrote from a place for a purpose. And so the place was always the same. He wrote when he was in prison. But the purpose he wrote the letter uh, for was different. And the problem that the recipients had was different. So in this very short, unique letter written by Paul, um, he addresses a man named Philemon. And it's actually such a short letter that it didn't even have to be broken up into chapters. It's just a string of verses together written to Philemon, written to one man, but it truly was to benefit many, benefit all the people that heard this letter. So I don't know if you guys are like me or remember this, um, but back before every teenager carried a cell phone in their pockets, um, when I was in high school, you would write notes or letters to each other um, as a way of communicating with each other in between classes, right? So it was super fun. You would be super bored in class. You would write a letter. And sometimes, if you knew how to do it correctly, you folded it up into a little football yeah okay and you like passed it to the person so yeah texting in the 90s I thought that was great right and I just thought that it was so special like there was no read receipts so there was no notification alert when you got this letter or this note it was intentional it was special that person took the time to write just to you knowing that only your eyes were gonna see it Um, there was no quick response needed It was just you, the letter, and the person that held the pen on the other side. And in this letter that we're going to be exploring this morning, that's what we have here. We have this letter that Paul wrote to Philemon, and we we get to see how, how covered in love and gentleness Paul is with Philemon, how he addresses a broken relationship. And he brings reconciliation, which is really just a big word for restoring the relationship. And he explores the reason why Christians are to love one another freely. And so this morning, we're going to answer this question. uh, Well, I should say finish the statement. I can love others freely because fill in the blank. And so that kind of statement is a real lifelong journey of learning how to love others. And if 
when we've been wronged in a moment or situation, our natural response, and it's okay to say yeah, is to wrong someone back. That's what we naturally want to do. You may be familiar with that phrase, hurt people hurt people, right? Someone that's hurt, they want to naturally now hurt back. Or maybe you're driving on the LIE and someone cuts you off. <laughs> you kind of sometimes want to cut them off as well. Or someone talks negatively about you and then you find now you're gossiping about them. Or someone betrays your trust and then you betray their trust. So I believe we could all relate to that moment of feeling wronged and um, wanting to wrong back, wanting to, someone to get what they deserve. And so in this context of this letter, Philemon, he was wronged. There was a situation that happened, and he's the one that suffered because of it. Onesimus stole from him and then ran away, and it caused a lot of problems. And we'll unpack who these people are in a moment. But it's important to understand that Philemon was wronged, He's the one that suffered and lost out. He lost money. He lost time. And we're going to see what Paul writes to him. And so it's important to know the people that are being written to and written about. Philemon, according to the ESV study Bible, he was a wealthy Christian who lived in the city of Colossae. And when he became a Christian, he started serving the Colossian community by opening up his home so they could meet together and learn more about what it meant to live for Jesus. And so when I read that, I was like, oh, small group leader, right? Yeah, that's exactly what he was. Philemon was a small group leader. And during the first century Rome, Philemon also was a wealthy man, and he owned slaves. And I know that concept and that thought could be a little off-putting, but for the purpose of understanding our ancient letter that we're reading today, and it was written over 2,000 years ago in first century Rome, I'm going to encourage all of us to kind of put our Western thinking aside for a minute and um, just think about the time and the day, the time period. So a slave during the first century Rome was a hired servant. And scripture here is not condoning slavery or saying that it's right. It's just giving practical ways of dealing with the realities of the day, of the time period they lived in. And I believe it's going to still do that for us today in our moments, in our situations of our day. So the letter Paul wrote to Philemon, that's what it did. It addressed the time period and the reality that they lived in in that time. So I was wondering, as I started to dive into this, if you are also like me in this way, that if you've ever come across an old letter, something maybe that you got passed along in high school or an old letter from somebody in your family, and that's what happened to me. I had a moment where I got to recently look through some of my grandmother. She just passed away, and some of her old stuff, her old photos, and I came across a letter from her aunt that was written to her like over 25 years ago. And it was super special. I actually, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like, it was like a glimpse of a part of her life that I never knew anything about. And it was so special. It was like a time capsule. And 
this morning, that's kind of what we're doing here. We're going to be reading this letter and looking at it in a way of people on the outside, but getting a glimpse into what it was like to be a Christian during the first century and how it can still apply to us today. And so as we read this, I just want to encourage you, just ask the Holy Spirit that you would look at this letter that's laced in love and beauty and see it for what God is doing and when, how he's speaking through it. So let's start reading Philemon chapter 1, verse 1. This letter is from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I'm writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker, and to our sister, Aphia, and to our fellow soldier, Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So what Paul's saying is, Philemon, we're co-workers. We both work together the same way to draw people closer to knowing who Jesus is. And so what he does is he addresses the leaders, and he's saying, yes, this problem is for Philemon, but you're all going to benefit from what I have to say. And so this is the problem. At some point, one of Philemon's slaves, Onesimus, he ran away and he wronged Philemon. So he may have stolen, most likely, money, possessions. Um, by him running away and leaving, he wasn't doing the work that he was supposed to do Philemon to be profitable. And so there's, that's a problem for Philemon. But when Onesimus ran away, he actually met Paul. And Onesimus becomes a Christian now. And Onesimus is experiencing a radical transformation in his life. And so when I read that, I thought about my story, the people I've encountered. I don't know if this ever has happened to you, but maybe you see like on Facebook or you bump into someone at the store and like they're a Christian now. And you're like, oh, like I remember from like 15 years ago, like you were not a Christian or you bump into them at church or, you know, you come across them. And you're like, what? what's happening? Or maybe that's your story. And it's, it's beautiful and awesome. But I was thinking about it and I was like, that's probably what's happening here. Philemon thinking he's a Christian now? Like what? No. So Paul is well aware of the conflict. He knows Philemon, he knows Onesimus, and he knows that this situation is going to require a delicate, grace-filled moment for them and attention. And I know that it seems if we're striving for reconciliation and restored relationships, that road just seems so daunting, so hard to get to. Like it's, there's not going to be reconciliation in the relationship. It's too foregone. They, they need to get what they deserve. It, he's the one that wronged me. I didn't do anything wrong. And so Paul addresses Philemon in the midst of this tension and situation. In verse 4, he says to him, I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus, your love for all of God's people, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience 
all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. And that is so beautiful between two friends to say that about another person. We're brothers, we're coworkers, we're working together so more people can know who Jesus is, so more people could love the way you're loving Philemon. It's a partnership between them. And he, Paul, knows and highlights how Philemon loves others, how he's faithful, how he's generous how it's a joy to see and hear the way he loves. So then <laughs> what comes next is that where the problem lies. And it really is the purpose for Paul writing this extension of a letter to Philemon. So under Roman law, Philemon had every right to put Onesimus to death if he saw him again. He ran from him, he ran from his his job, his purpose. He stole from him. He caused him great pain and grief. And so that was just what was what could happen. Um, and perhaps Philemon predecided that. He already said in his mind, okay, he ran from me. You, you did this. You wronged me. And now this is what just happens to you. This is what you deserve. And this is my right to execute this. And so... Um, Perhaps just without Onesimus in his life, he was just finding that there was more trials and more troubles. And so he had decided that that's what you're going to get. That's what's going to happen to you. And so maybe, you know, we can relate to this in some way. Not to that extreme, but have you ever been wronged before? Unrightfully? Probably, right? We live in a broken world. And... Have you ever had someone stolen from you before? Maybe not your possessions, but maybe you feel like they stole your time, um, your ideas, your confidence maybe. And so we may have thought once or twice, the next time I see that person or the next time that person posts something, I'm ready. I'm going to say this to them and they're going to get what they deserve. Or maybe it's I'm going to ignore them. Or maybe you have this thought and this, you believe this concept today of karma. They, they'll get what they deserve. Um, but did you know God actually cares about our relationships with other people? He wants us to be reconciled in our relationships. Last week, we learned about the Colossian church, and it was about them being reconciled to God. That's like in vertical way. But here, Paul's writing to Philemon, and he's saying the horizontal reconciliation to each other, that matters too. And so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about Jesus, and how in John chapter 15, which is my favorite passage, he tells his followers this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And that's Jesus. So as we continue on, I want you to have that in your mind. In verse 8 of Philemon, Paul writes, This is why I'm boldly asking this favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it's the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this a request from me, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner 
for the sake of Christ Jesus. And what Paul is saying here, if I could sum it up, he's saying because of love, consider grace. Consider choosing grace towards Onesimus. Paul, he isn't giving Philemon, you have to do this. I could, I'm telling you, you have to. He's asking him. He's reminding him in love. He's saying, because you're a Christian, because you trust Jesus, you get to forgive. You get to show grace. And he continues on in verse 10. I appeal to you, show kindness to my child Onesimus. Onis, um, um, sorry, I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been much of use to you in the past, but now he's very useful to us both. So the facts are clear. Onesimus stole. He was wrong. He caused major problems, and it's evident. But Paul is saying, I found this new relationship with Onesimus because he's a believer, and he knows who Jesus is now. And now he may have been useful as a slave for your financial purposes, but now he's useful in a much different way. Now he's a co-worker in Christ. And now he's saying now he's going to spread the gospel. So Paul writes this, and here's the challenge. He says, I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my heart. And so maybe Philemon's reading this, and he's like, Paul lost his mind in prison. Like, this is not happening. Like, there is no way I'm working with him. He's crazy. He did the wrong thing, and now he gets what happens to him. And I think what's so important to realize while we're reading this letter is that Paul is this third-party mediator that bridging the gap between these two individuals. And it's really the only way he can do that is having genuine love for both of them. He's loving them both in such a free and genuine way. And maybe you have situations in your life where you need encouragement, where you need a Christian person from maybe your small group encourage you and say, I have this situation with this other person. I don't know how, I don't know where to start with loving them again. I don't know what I should do. I want to do what's right. I know that God's calling me to love them, but I don't know where to start. And so we truly believe in Blaze small groups that are going to be starting soon. And that's a great place to start talking to trusted leaders um, on what to do next. Or maybe for you, it's a moment where you need some more professional counseling and you need that time to really explore those deep wounds that we all face and have. And so Paul is writing to Philemon in kind of that mediator way of saying, I love both of you, and it's time for you to put into action the love that I know you have. And sometimes that's just how God works, right? I've know I've seen it in my life. He uses other people to encourage me in a way where I get to love others in a free way. So Paul is saying, I'm sending him back to you, and now you get to put into action the love that you stand by. And so in verse 13, Paul 
Paul writes to him, I wanted to keep him here with me while I was in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you're willing, not because you were forced. You get to, not because you have to. And it seems you lost Onesimus for a little while, so you would have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He's more than a slave, for he's a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So Paul, what he does is he encourages Onesimus. He says, look at Onesimus now as a brother. Look through the lens of the gospel. As He's a partner now. And that, even 2,000 years ago, was super countercultural, <laughs> just as it is today. When we're wronged, we want to wrong back. And Paul is saying, love freely. Despite past hurts, despite conflicts, disagreements, and disappointments. And I know what you're thinking. That's not possible, <laughs> right? For some of us, our relational conflicts are too far gone, and I just, I don't know what to do. Sometimes I just scroll on Facebook and I come across these like really cliche posts and I see them repost and I think this might be true and these are some that I've come across, right? And maybe that's what we're thinking. Um, I have this one up here. Um, do we have it? Yeah. Sometimes you just have to to wonder how many times someone you care about has to hurt you before you finally don't care. And you're just like, you know what? Yeah, that sounds right. And I'm going to repost that, and I'm going to send that to the person that needs to know that, <laughs> right? Or this one, forgiving people who have hurt you is a gift to them, but forgetting people who have hurt you is a gift to you. Sounds good, right? But when I read those, I was like, huh, that's a little misleading, and that's not really true, and that's not really what Jesus says, because what these quotes are saying is it's all about me. It's a me mentality. It's a self-first type of thinking, and both these quotes, they put the emphasis on, on caring about yourself more, and they want us to forget the people that hurt us, not forgive them, just, you know, let unsettled conflict be. And it can feel hard to challenge that mentality and that thought process because this is what's being thrown at us and this is what's being believed to be true. But Paul, he went against culture when he talked to Philemon about forgiving Onesimus, and I believe that's what he's doing for us today as well. In verse 17, he writes, So if you consider me, Paul, your partner, Welcome him, Onesimus, as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. Now, Paul knew Onesimus did owe Philemon. He did know he wronged him. And he's saying, put it on me. Put it on my tab. And then he writes this. I, Paul, write this with my own hands. I will repay it. I won't mention that you owe me your soul. Yes, my brother, please do this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident 
as I write this letter, that you would do what I ask, and even more. One more thing, please prepare a guest room for me. I'm hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. He's saying, charge me the debt of someone else. Paul, he's modeling this transforming love of the gospel. And how can he do that? Well, because he knew Jesus, because he saw Jesus do it. When Jesus died on the cross for his sin and yours and mine too today, we can live this way. We get to live this way. Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe. And the gospel message is this. God, he can't get close to sin. And us, we are full of it. <laughs> but in order to redeem humanity, Jesus came and he paid the price for our sin. So now when we say we confess and we believe in our heart that Jesus died and rose again from the grave and lives forever, now we're saying, yeah, we want to be covered in what Jesus has done. That, yes, I understand that he paid the debt instead of me. And this is what's happening here. And as we understand that, excuse me, we can understand forgiveness much better. Onesimus, he didn't deserve forgiveness. And Philemon, he didn't deserve Paul paying off Onesimus's death, debt. But he understood what it meant to love others in a free way because he understood God's grace. And Paul, he wanted Onesimus, he wanted Philemon to decide to love Onesimus, not to be forced into doing it. And it's the truest motivation for Philemon, and it's our motivation for today, us today. And it's the end of that sentence. I can love others freely because Jesus loves them. To love others freely means to demonstrate grace. And grace is getting what you don't deserve. And that's what I give to my kids a lot. <laughs> but when you look at it through that lens, you could really start to understand, wow, God shows me grace. I can show others grace too. I get to do this. And Paul, he was confident when he finished that letter. He said, Philemon, I know you're going to do this. I know you're going to encourage me in this way. Because it's a radical way of living. It is not normal. And when I was writing this and thinking about this letter, I started to ask the Holy Spirit to search my heart for areas where maybe there's some ungrace in my life. And maybe today that's what's happening in your own heart. Are there fellow believers that you're just refusing to be reconciled to or associated with? Are there people you refuse to share life with because of the past? you avoid them? Those are all little warning signs that maybe there's some ungrace inside of us. And so my encouragement to you is it may not always be you end in a coffee together and now you're joining each other on the holidays, but it may be just taking that step towards that horizontal reconciliation because you know more of God's grace. You can extend more grace. 
And what's so funny about this letter is we don't actually know what Philemon chooses to do. We know how confident Paul is in what he believes Philemon's going to do, but we don't know what he's actually going to do. What we do know is that Philemon would have also read Colossians, what we explored last week. And so I want to jump back there for a second. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, this is something that Philemon would have read or heard. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a lifelong journey. But Paul knows that if you know the love and the grace of Jesus, you can go and love others freely because Jesus loves them too. So I want to take a minute to just pray for us all in our horizontal relationships. So maybe there's someone you're thinking of right now, or maybe there's a situation that you're like, wow, Lord, I want to show them grace. Not because I have to, because I get to. So if you join me, I'm just going to say a prayer over each and every one of us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you care about our relationships. We thank you that you care that we are reconciled back to each other in our horizontal way, Lord. We thank you for your grace that you showed us. We thank you that we, we get to love others freely because you love them. And I pray for each and every one of us here this morning, Lord, as you're exposing those parts of our heart that are still a little hard, Lord, I pray that hearts are softened today towards showing one another grace in a loving way because of the grace you've shown us. May you lead us on this journey of reconciliation, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.